All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us. Tim's happy. Look at him. If you guys are just watching on YouTube, do you see a little smile he gets on his face? It's nice to see. I wish I could see everybody's smiles right now. Tim listening to us. It'd be so nice. It'd be so nice. Kind of creepy, but I do. Thank you for joining us, everybody. It's a nice Friday here. December 1st. Can you believe it, Tim? December 1st. Santa's on his way. It's fantastic. It's just, it's a beautiful time of year, isn't it? It is. A lot's happened this year. It's crazy to think how how fast it flew in just one more month. You know how I closed out November? How? Um, well, Do you know? You, were, you weren't watching hockey because you don't have a TV. So what, what were you doing? Tim, I watch hockey all the time. I have a computer. It's called the Internet. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. I was changing a tire on my Nissan NV350 that my wife dropped off at my office. And she said, I think the tire's a little low. And I go, yeah, it's very low, drastically low. And I tell you what, it was, I, I've changed tires before. Tim, you probably haven't. It's just. I have, I have. Not wow. on your bike, like on a real life car. Yes. And I did it myself. Oh, good Thank for you. you. This was uh, a bad experience. And I'll tell you why. So Nissan, I feel like they use a standard jack size for all their vehicles, whether it's a Rogue, whether it's a Pathfinder. The NV van, you've seen it, Tim. It's a it's a monster. My jack wouldn't jack the car up high enough for me to get the tire on off. So that took a few tries where I kept moving the jack around different points in the car, whether it was on the frame, whether it was on the shocks, whether it was here and there. I tried two or three different spots, none of them working. And I did this because I thought I could get it up high enough. One time I did actually get the tire off, but then I went to put the spare on. It wouldn't fit because the spare had a little more size because it was inflated with air and the the current tire was flat, so it was lower. So that took a good 20 to 30 minutes to get that figured out. Then I go to take the bolts off. This was before the tire, I should say, because you always got to unloosen the bolts before you take the tire off or before you jack the car up. A little tip because you don't want to be jacking it. My jack didn't fit the nuts good it was too the nuts were too big for my jack and so i'd have to hammer the jack on the nuts to get them to stick and it just was it was a it was a frustrating because i have eight nuts on my rim it just took a long time after that was done 
I had to get the spare down from the back of the van. It's one of those ones where you crank it down and the chain lowers the spare down. The chain was all raveled in through the holes of the tire, so it was stuck. So I couldn't get the spare down because it was just hanging by the chain that was stuck into the tire. So I had to like fiddle with that for another 15 minutes. And mind you, this is in the middle of winter. I'm lying on the ground in my work clothes. So frustrating. So incredible. But I got it done. Took the tire off. A big screw right in the middle of the tire. So not bad. We we plugged it. My buddy. And um, I'm going to go pick it up today. Maybe Monday. I have to go to Chicago tomorrow morning. So I don't know if I can get over there. I got to go pick up my rental car. That's what I've been doing. Renting cars, driving to Chicago. I don't want to put miles in my own car. You know what I mean? So I rent these these cars and drive drive to Chicago. That was it. That was my last day in November. Thanks for that's a great story. And uh, <clears throat> I actually have a Nissan too. I have a Rogue, and my front left tire has been just deflating, not all the way, but it's been it's it's going down quicker because I can see on the on the I have like the newer vehicle that tells you the pressure mm-hmm. on the dashboard, and it's like hovering. It should be at thirty two to thirty to thirty two, and it's dropping down to like twenty four. And the others are all the same. And I pump it up, and then a week later, it's back down to twenty four again. So it's, there's something kind of leak. I got to get that fixed probably this weekend because I don't want to risk it. Uh, the seal. Long. I bet you it's the seal around the rim has broke loose at some point, and air is slowly escaping, and it, and it exacerbates the problem in cold weather because when it gets yeah. hot, cold air, and you know, only thirty psi for those tires. It's wild. Yeah, it says like thirty-two is the top, and and sometimes they'll drop to like twenty-eight or twenty-nine in cold weather, but then it's back to normal. Um, but yeah, Crazy. this one's this one dropped to like twenty the other day. My tires are at 60, Tim. Wow. That's like twice as much. Do the machines even go that high? Like, you know, you can do the automated type of number in on the air machine when you go to the gas station. Never heard of that air machine. You don't. How do you fill your air? I have an air compressor and I fill the tire up with the compressor. Uh I've never seen an automated machine. Because usually in the past, you had to like pump, pump air in and check every few seconds with a little gauge that you have in your hand, right? But this one, you type in the number you want it to go to, and it'll pump it until it reaches that number for you. A real man wouldn't check. They just eyeball it, and then they push it with their finger a little bit. And if it feels <laughs> good, it feels good. Little gauge? No. Ugh. No. You Sometimes I've filled levels. it up. Sometimes I've filled it up, and I'm like... 10 to 15 psi off between tires and i'm like yeah I it'll work itself out 42 56 <laughs> 61 53 no yeah. these ones are all good because we i i get it my oil changed quite a bit now but anyways everybody can we move on tim we've got enough shop talk listen let's it's it. just a bunch of men talking about manly things you know what else is manly tim gambling i love it men love it in general i have a poker game tonight gonna throw down some money it's a lot of fun. You know, it's not fun losing money, but it's kind of fun if you can give it to a good, good cuss. That's where Give Better comes in. Use our friends at Give Better for all your sports book, online gambling. They're a fantastic company. Go to GiveBetter.com. Place all your bets through them. It's super easy. They make it very seamless from where you are now. The reason you do this is if you lose a bet... 25% of your losses goes to charity. So you're losing every, anyways, right? You can lose there. You can lose at another company. doesn't matter. You're losing that money. With Give Better, 25% of all your losses goes to charity. That's fantastic. You're helping out and you're having fun. And guess what? There's more. 
those 25% losses that you've lost, they're tax deductible now because you're giving them to charity. So it's just like an extra cherry on top of the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's a beautiful thing. If you win, you get all your win winnings. Still the same old deal. But if you lose, 25% of all losses goes to charity. It's a good thing. Because how many of you really donated to charity? Maybe 4 or 5% of you? Not many. This is a good way to give back, put a little feather in your cap while you're trying to win money at the same time. So it's a very, it's a, it's almost a no-brainer to me. It just takes five to 10 minutes of your time. Sign up through givebetter.com. Tell them we sent you and you'll never regret it. And you can do good things and have some fun. All right, moving on. Tim, you sent me an interesting podcast yesterday. I'm not, um, I'm not a connoisseur of podcasts. I listen to ours and that's about it. It was a podcast. It's called on what chaos. No, it's what chaos, what chaos, what a yeah. stupid name. <laughs> what chaos exclamation point. I think it is. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell the story here. So shout out to Johnny. Oh, first sorry. Of all. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Sent this in. Uh, well, it's about you and then, yeah, you, you never get that part. Right. Uh, but it's the what chaos podcast with a uh, friend of the show, Pete Blackburn. And so he asked, they had Anthony Duclair in the show and they asked Duclair who were the most ridiculous teammate he ever had. And he's like, well, what do you mean by ridiculous? They're like, whatever you think, like whatever that means to you. Who thinks about it for a second? And he goes, probably John Scott. And uh, which is pretty funny because Duclair is, he's done, this is his seventh team, the Sharks that he's not now. And he's not that old. Um, so he's played with a lot of different people, but he said, yeah, he said John because of the energy that he brought, the, the positive attitude, always making us laugh, always keeping it light. A lot of nice things, John. How did it make you feel to listen to that? He actually compared to me compared me to Jumbo. Not bad. Not I was bad. I was um I was very humbled by it. It's very nice. I don't know if you want to be called most ridiculous. <laughs> There's kind of a backhanded, you know, not even backhanded. That's a front-handed slap to the face. Like you're you're ridiculous. But I know Duke's Duke was a fun kid to play with. I got him. Honestly, when he was maybe at his highest value, I know he had that good year in Florida. Did he score 30 or was it? Yeah, he had the 30, 30 goals in Florida, but good player. Nice kid. Just just a baby when I saw him. Just an absolute baby. Just like giggling, happy to be there. Him and Max Domi. It's funny how they've changed because I've, I've actually tried to get Dookie on the show and he said, I don't do that stuff. So now I'm going to give him a hard time. Like, what the hell is going on? You pick Pete Blackburn over me? I was, I'm annoyed. I'm a little frustrated by it, to well, be frank, because we asked him two years ago. <clears throat> yeah, he was, yeah, he, he DM'd us like a few years before that, several years ago, um, but wouldn't come on. Yeah. He DM'd he, us? Yeah, he responded to one of your videos. I think it was, remember like two or three times you posted a video to react into major news, and I think it was the one when the OHL banned checking during the oh, yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he responded to, he DM'd you or the, or the show just being like, like facts, man, like hope you're well, something like that. This is probably, yeah, 2020 might've been, it might've been before, it might've been a different video back in 2019 or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I hope he comes on. He should. Not also anymore, cool because, I don't want that sloppy garbage now. He's whatever. Who cares? Well, they Moving also, on. they, they asked his perspective of the whole all-star thing, which I had never really thought of doing that. We should have had that, had that on sooner. A guy who was on your team for that and share like what the chaos was like and the, and the distractions and the hype and all that. And it was pretty cool to hear his side of the story. Not new news, but just good to hear that perspective. Don't watch it. 
stay with our podcast. We don't we're not promoting anybody else on this show. So yeah, listen here. Nobody else is worth listening to. Moving on. There was a big trade in the NHL this week, Tim. And I'm not saying that lightly. It was a massive trade in both the physical sense of the player and the impact this player will have on the team and potentially the Stanley Cup. Nikita Zadorov, everybody's favorite Russian from Calgary, loves calling out his teammates, loves calling them to the carpet, said, this is what you're doing wrong. He got traded. Obviously, I don't think the guys in Calgary liked what he was saying. Even the GM and coach got called out. It was beautiful. He got dealt to the Vancouver Canucks for a third rounder and a fifth rounder. That's it. I got traded for a fifth rounder. That's how invaluable fifth rounders are. Expendable they are. If you can get a fifth rounder for John Scott, and all you have to do is add a third rounder and you get a top four NHL caliber defenseman, who's a massive human, can quarterback your second power play, who's pretty good coming out of his D zone. A f- not a former, but I guess he is a first-round pick. I think he was sixth or eighth overall, somewhere in that range. All you need to do is start in, throw in a third-rounder. This is a slam-dunk win for the Vancouver Canucks. They picked the Calgary Flames' pocket. Nikita Zadorov now gets to go from the basement to the penthouse He joins a team of young superstars hungry for playoff success because they haven't made the playoffs forever. And he has a little chip on his shoulder to boot. Wah-wah-wee-wah. Beautiful move by the Vancouver Canucks. Craig Conroy, don't know what you were thinking. This guy was, like, arguably the best defenseman going into the trade deadline. I don't know why you just don't wait Coming off a season when when we see Philip Ronick getting dealt for a first rounder, we see other guys getting dealt for first rounders. What a absolutely low return for the Calgary Flames. I know he's in the last year of his contract, but please, very under underwhelming. Is this worse for Calgary, Tim, and or just way way better for Vancouver? Like we we obviously know Vancouver wins this trade, but how disappointing for the Flames to get this return. I was surprised by the return, but Zadorov also had requested a trade a lot in the last week or two. So it's like, I think their, their, their hands were tied and I'm surprised he wasn't worth more. I also, I don't know how much he was shopped. Like, I, I feel like other teams probably would have paid more for that. The only other thing that we know for sure that was in the sweepstakes, according to Kevin Weeks, were, were the Leafs. And he said that the, the only way they could make it work is if, if they had retained some salary which Calgary didn't have to do with this trade. So it makes sense that they pick Vancouver, but I'm surprised the return wasn't higher. But they added an important piece to the back end. Now, we talked about that just in our last episode. They, they needed some defenseman depth. They needed some size. They got that now. And look how big they are right now. Tyler Meyer is 6'7", 229. Carson Soucy, 6'5", 210. Zadorov, 6'6", 235. Ian Cole, 6'1", 225. And they're probably not the fastest defensemen, but you also have Quinn Hughes, which who might be the fastest defenseman. So, um, yeah, really, really good, really good pickup for them. Yeah, and this is a D-man. He's not going to light it up, but he doesn't need to. You mentioned Quinn Hughes. You got Tyler Myers who flies around the ice. You've got these other decent puck-moving defensemen. Philip Ronick doesn't get enough accolades in that regard. This guy is going to make it impossible for other guys to play against him. He is a hard-nosed, in-your-face defenseman who's looking to kill guys, a la Jacob Truba. He gives you that edge that you need in the playoffs. I love this move from Vancouver. I absolutely love it. 
they saw a need, not that, mind you, not that pressing of a need, because their defense has played pretty well this year. And they they saw a, an asset they could grab. And don't look now, but from last year, the Vancouver Canucks have added four new NHL-ready defensemen to revamp this defense that struggled last year. You bring in Ronick, you bring in Zadorov, you bring in Ian Cole, you have Friedman, you bring in Matty Irwin. All of these guys are good, solid, veteran NHL defensemen. And they turn that just abhorrent weakness of a back end that the Vancouver Canucks had last year. And they've improved it to one of the strengths of their team now. Quinn Hughes is playing solid defense. Tyler Myers is always going to be a liability. But I think you take the positives more than the negatives for him. And then Ronick, Zadorov, Cole are fantastic defensemen. All-around defensemen. You pair them up with the stars they have up front who are playing absolutely lights out this year. Tim, are we going from like the basement to the Stanley Cup here for the Vancouver Canucks? This is, this is quite the turnaround for this team. A team that we've always said has the potential on paper but can't quite seem to put it together for whatever reason. Was the answer Rick Tockett? Was Bruce Boudreaux just not doing it? Is Rick Tockett the kind of the the mastermind to be able to put all these pieces together? Well, he's probably the the biggest piece, but he's not the only piece because you have like uh, largely the same group of players. You have Pedersen playing in a, in a contract year. So that's going to be a huge part of it. And where does he go next year? Does he resign? Does he want to? Does he want to be part of this group moving forward? I would have said no before the season started, but look at what they're building now. Look what they're doing. So, yeah, I, I hope they're good. I hope they win a few playoff rounds. I hope they, they stay this strong the entire year because the NHL is just a better league when the Canucks are good, especially this roster. You think it's better when Vancouver is good? Why? The players on it. Yeah, just the star power because, like, it makes more sense. Like, they're a team that everyone's excited to watch. They want to see JT Miller and Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. Thatcher Demko is probably the best goalie in the league right now. Like, it's just, it's just yeah, I think it's better if they're more than Jeremy Swayman. Tim gets more starts. Aggressive statement. All right. So, what do you do with Pedersen next year? Let's fast forward. Let's stay on the Canucks well, because you assume they're be- the league's better with Vancouver being good. It's a bold statement. What do you do with Pedersen? Right now, he makes 7.35. Yep. He's going to want more than JT Miller, who's making eight. He's going to maybe be, what, around 100, 110 points this year. He's got 30 and 24, so he's on pace for around 115. Just say he, he continues on this pace. Good season for him. What's his number? Is he is he into the tens of millions of dollars in your eyes, Tim? Yeah. I think he's going to ask for like 12. I don't know that he'll get it and he he probably won't be able to get it on this team. Just he might have a little bit of a hometown discount, but yeah, he's going to want like 12 or 13 and he'll probably settle around 11. I can't see him going even below like 10 and a half, 11. Can you? I can't, but I, they will have room to keep him. This team's in an interesting year. Everybody thought they were going to just transition and just sell everybody They've obviously changed plan. They're succeeding now. They're having a good season. Next year, they only have about $45 million worth of guys under contract. A lot of money is coming off the books. Basically, every single defenseman except for Quinn Hughes is off the books. Thatcher Demko is signed, and a few forwards are signed, but not long-term other than JT Miller. So it's a consequential offseason where you really have to sit back if you're uh, Patrick Alvin and say, where are we moving forward? Are, are we going to 
stick with Elias Pettersson? Is he our guy? Are we going to re-up these guys that we brought in the back end? The Zadorovs, Ian Cole, the Philip Ronics. How is this team going to shake out? But the money's there for Pettersson. It's absolutely there if they want to re-sign him. So I think, yeah, I think he gets 10 to 10.5 is a good number for me. I, I feel like if you hit the 11, 12, it might be too much. But you gotta, you, you have to keep him. He's a restricted free agent, so they'll yeah. be able to keep him. But is it going to be a three-year deal? Or is it going to be one that Vancouver wants seven, eight million, or seven or eight years for seven or eight million? So stay tuned. But right now, Elias Pettersson doing, doing all he can to increase his pocketbook coming to the future. All right, Tim, what are we talking about next? Well, we can't not talk about the Washington Capitals. I agree. We just have to. We've kind of glazed over it. Um, I looked at, I saw a tweet about this last night or this morning. They're 11 3 and 1 in their past 15 games. It's a 767 point percentage. I still cannot figure out how they're doing it. I'm not watching the game. So, that, you know, I know they're getting good goaltending. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but no one on the roster is putting up any crazy points. Ovechkin has 14 points. He's the lead, the team leader in points. And that's across 20 games. So, like, they're well below a point-per-game guy. They're getting some solid depth scoring. Tom Wilson had a hat-trick last night. Ovechkin only has five goals, which I also want to circle back on. But I think the, probably the number one reason is the goaltending. And Charlie Lindgren. He's earned... He's not going to get the sole starter shot um, slot just because of Darcy Kemper and the money they have there. But he's going to probably be the A in the 1A split uh, over him. He's 5-2, and two, two, 2.3 goals against, 9.34 save percentage. He's been a career minor leaguer. Cool story. Like, he's played most of his career in the AHL, got called up a little bit here and there throughout the years, and then finally last year got um, a, a full season, started the 31 games, I think, and now he's going to be the starter probably the rest of the way. Um, I, I don't know. How do, you, how do you make sense of what they've done so far? Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, but they're obviously leaning on their defense. They're obviously just packing it in, making it hard for teams to score. They don't score a lot of goals. They don't give up a lot of goals. I ran around Charlie Lindgren. I actually, you know where I ran into him? With the Montreal Canadiens, oddly enough. He was there when I was there. I just said hello to him. I think maybe he was with the Ice Caps when I was there too. He got called up and he was in the AHL when I was there. He was with Zach Fucali, maybe. I can't remember, but... When I saw him, I wasn't blown away. I was saying he's a good goalie. He's maybe he has a future as a backup, and I think that's where he kind of will slot in. An undrafted guy went to St. Cloud State, so he's he's got some good pedigree there. The St. Cloud State's been known for their good goalies, but I, I, he's having a great season. Washington Capitals are the surprise of the league right now. I thought they were just going to be terrible, and they're doing it in a very very competitive division. They're beating the Devils. They're beating the Islanders. They're they're keeping up with the tough toughest best teams in the league. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Tim. I'm eating my words. Somebody has to win. I need like answers, beat, John. They beat the. They're they're. I don't know. They're, they're such a weird team because last week they lose to the Sharks two to one. The the worst team in the league, the San Jose Sharks, who teams put football scores up against seven, eight, nine, ten goals. And they only score one against them. Then the next night they beat the LA Kings two to one, and then they throw five up against the Anaheim Ducks. So it, uh, there's no rhyme or reason. These guys aren't consistent. I, I can't figure out what they're doing. But when they win, they typically win two one, three one, three nothing, four one games where they're really smothering on defense 
and they limit the other team's chances. And Charlie Lindgren's playing good. He's doing what he needs to do. I don't think he's a long-term solution for the Washington Capitals. I think what is he only played seven games or something? He's five and two, so it's not like he's getting the lion's share of the starts. But it, I don't know, is it sustainable? I guess so. I don't know. I don't want to yeah. dump on the team who's playing really well. They're they're doing it, so I, I don't know what the answer is. Ovechkin, like you mentioned, has got five goals. I know at least two were empty netters. I know at least two were empty netters. Do you think, is it fair to say that you weren't wrong about Ovechkin, you were just early? Or is that still being wrong? How am I wrong about Ovechkin? When you said he wasn't going to score 30 goals last year or two years ago, and then you had, went and scored 56 oh, or whatever. I was wrong last year. It's fine. Okay. But I'm right this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't uh, know. I am, so just say he finishes the year at 20 goals. Are you ready to concede that he will not break the record? If he finishes the year with 20 goals, I, I'm i getting close to saying that already. I don't, I'd have to do the math and just double-check that, but it doesn't look good right now. Doesn't In look my good. recollection, I feel like he was 70 goals behind Gretzky, something like that, maybe a little bit more. If we had some guy who could look it up while I was talking, that we don't have that type of technology or support cast but I was under the impression that he needed to get 40 to 50 this year to really have a chance at it and to like have a good chance because then he would only need 20 or 25 the next year. Cause the guy's not getting any younger, but I think he was down by 70 goals. Yeah. He, there's no way he's and I'm not going to say no way. He's 67, 67. goals behind him. Yep. Tim, stick up. He's done. If I had told you that on December 1st, the Capitals would be third in their division, wouldn't you assume that it was on the back of Ovi? Yeah. And in his uh, goal scoring? I would think Ovi. He's having I would the worst think, year of his career. Yeah, it's it's an upside-down year for the Capitals right now. The young kids are playing really well. Their goaltenders are playing well. And their defense is, is smothering. And when you look at their defense, it's just it shouldn't happen. I don't know. Credit the coach. Credit Spencer Carberry, whoever the hell that is. No idea. I like him, though. He's, he's playing great hockey. Tom Wilson had a hat trick. Maybe he's going to start picking up. But, yeah, they're without Backstrom. They're without Kuznetsov. Well, Kuznetsov is there. He's not playing that well. I don't know, Tim. Whatever. I <laughs> There's a part of me that's just a little happy that Ovi's not scoring. So it is what it is. <laughs> you know, they can win as much as they want, but then I can always fall back on, yeah, but Ovi's not scoring. That's all, that's all I care about. Which is funny because I like yeah. him. Me too. It's a hill I'm willing to you. die on. Huh? And he likes you. Did I ever tell you guys a story about when I went bar down on Braden Holpe? And no, always skated no. by the bench afterwards. He goes, nice shot, big guy. I go, I know. Thanks. It was a nice shot. <laughs> That's a weird shot, though. It's like a golf swing. What do you mean golf swing? Isn't that the one? Where it's like a, it's a rebound, and you had a weird... Both your hands are at the top of your stick. Or is that a different goal? No. It was a pass through the neutral zone. And I picked it up around the center dot faceoff. I saw Brooks Orpik, who was an all-star. I blew around him. Absolutely blew around him. And I fired an absolute laser-guided shot to the top right corner of the net. That was it. And then I proceeded okay. to turn around and tried to fight everybody on the ice. <laughs> I did. Look it up. Yeah. My, my line mate, Andrew Desjardins, got pushed into the goalie. Then everybody went after him. I dropped... I dropped my stick. I was like, let's go. Score a goal, get into a fight. What a dream. Then I would get a penalty and go to your hat trick. What's up? No, I need an assist. That wasn't going to happen. 
But um, anyways, what were we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about some fights. <clears throat> yeah. Are they really fights? Trent Frederick, Giovanni Smith. Last night, Tim likes it because it was a Bruins involved. Giovanni Smith playing for the, the hapless San Jose Sharks. Obviously, they're playing the Boston Bruins. They're going to get waxed. They're in Boston. The Bruins are up 2 to nothing at the time. Giovanni Smith hit Brad Marchant earlier in the game. Pretty pretty uh, questionable hit. Got a penalty for it. Brad Marchant ate some dasher board on that one. Trent Frederick had to step up and answer for the best player on his team, who is Brad Marchant. Unfortunately, he has to fight Giovanni Smith, who's a tough son of a gun. The guy has long arms, he's strong, and he knows how to chuck him. His downfall usually is he doesn't stand up straight. He gets bent over, and he just falls down, or the fight ends up on the ice. It's not a very entertaining fight for him to watch. He's just strong. I don't know why he always is bending over. Not so much this fight. Decent fight. Not Like, if I'm rating it out of 10, I'm giving it a 6.5. Right? I think Giovanni catches him right away. He switches from right to left and throws him, lands a really good left right on the button of Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick ducks his head, recovers, kind of comes back. And then, of course, Giovanni Smith falls down and the fight's over. But why Why did you want to talk about it so much, Tim? Well, we're a hockey fights podcast. We should talk about some fights. There were a whole bunch last night. I happened to be watching the Bruins. I thought it was a pretty good fight. And I thought what I particularly noted was that that Giovanni Smith got him, with that, like you said, with a really good left where a lot of guys are going down for that. Not because they're knocked out or anything, but because they don't want to fight anymore after taking a hit like that, um, especially these days. And But he pops right back up, and he ends up winning the fight, Trent Frederick did. So I thought it was a good little comeback. No, no, from no, no, no. No. Oh, Frederick did uh, not win the fight. No. Who won the fight? Well, if it's not Frederick, who is it? You think Giovanni Smith won the fight? Yeah. yeah wow. Absolutely. Because he got the best punches in. Not my fault he doesn't know how to stand up in a fight. When you look at the fight, if I'm a judge watching a fight, I graded on the most damage inflicted, and Giovanni Smith inflicted the most damage. Frederick got wobbled on that left. Yeah, but it's not like a tournament where it's a point system for every blow you land. It's like how the fight ends. So basically, whoever wrestles someone ends. down wins. Oh, okay, Jack Edwards. No, the over, fight under, ends. Over, under, and over, and over, and over. I take some down and a takedown. Smith on his knees and Trent Frederick just wailing on him. That's how the fight ended. That's why he won the fight. Go You're, watch it, listener. Go watch it for yourself. The credibility of this show is just going down the tubes. And you wanted to talk about friend of the show, Marcus Foligno versus Luke Shen for some reason. I actually thought this fight. was interesting. It was not a good fight. Well, interesting, like you said. Yeah, we're talking about Mark, Marcus Foligno knew that Luke Shen was a lefty right away. So this was premeditated. Marcus Foligno goes up to him, asks him to fight in a 3 nothing wild game. Very strange. I don't know if there was something that preempted this, but there must have been. Anyways, the moose goes over, immediately puts the guard up. Immediately. Right hand blocking. Luke Shen doesn't know what to do. Does the body. Hits him on the helmet. Does the body. The Moose throws a couple, and then Luke Shen bull rushes him and knocks him down. This is a stupid fight. I hate fighting. That's why I don't talk about it. I hate watching fights. You know what I hate watching? We, my, I don't like my hair after I shampoo it because it gets all <laughs> poofy. And I look, I look terrible. I don't like it. I think I look, I, I just look not like myself. So I'm sitting there staring at myself and Tim. I can't, I, I'm distracted by how bad I look. Unfortunately. Well, I'm sorry about your shampoo and your poofy hair. Do you hair. get that when you shampoo your hair and it just comes really poofy and dry? Sometimes, but I run a comb through it and I'm good. 
Is that all? Is you do pro- you just product too though? Probably. I do product. Yeah, I don't have any huh? right now. I might get hat hair. Like mousse, or like a gel, a paste, pomade. Yeah, it's just What's like that? it's like a gel. It's just like a thicker gel. I like it better. Hmm. I'll, I'll send you, you some. I can, I can teach you some things, John. You're well, not going to okay. send me anything. I know that you cheap <laughs> son of a gun. Who bought the last launch? I did. Just a you owe me guy a lunch. working for himself and buying lunch for a millionaire. Um, I'm definitely so this, not a millionaire anymore. I got seven kids. They suck me dry. This uh, suck you what best. I want to say about this fight real quick. I, I I was I did notice him putting his arm up like that. I, I didn't know why, and then it makes sense that he knew he was a lefty. Um, but what what happens with the fight? They're both throwing. Shen does not take any big punches to the head, but then he decides the fight's over and he just pushes them down into the boards. Like what? What's the reasoning behind that? Let me ask you this: Who do you think won this fight? I don't think either of them. They both look like losers in this fight. I would say doesn't well, doesn't Luke Shen win because he pushes him down and he's on top of him to finish the no fight? Difference. There's a difference. Oh, there's a difference he shoves now. him down. I already oh, explained it. There's a difference Marty now. Smith on his knees and Trent Frederick is wailing on him. And that's different from him just like the, the moose tackle or whatever. Moose tackle. Moose okay. tackle? Yeah. I don't want to know about your um, Saturday nights, Tim. You okay. sound like a casual hockey fan right now. Whoever knocks him down wins. Shoot the puck. Shoot yeah. it. Shoot it. It's so funny. Let's <laughs> trade Jara and Bergeron. Those guys stink. Well, Bergeron, they were right on there. He cost him the cup last year. Yeah, you're Minus right. Minus three. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Shen bulldozes him because he doesn't want to fight. That's why. There's no other why, reason. Why he's, fight at all? You didn't well, take any. Well, because the moose him, and he's down 3 nothing, and he throws a couple punches, and none of them landed. So he's like, let's get out of here. Let's pull the shoot. It's happened to me many times when guys fight me. Throw a couple. They don't want to fight anymore, so they try to knock you down. Guess what? My legs are my strength. You're not knocking me down. The only guy who knocked me down was Revo. Not knocked me down with a punch. I overpunched, and I actually I knocked myself down. Then he punches me on the ground. What a gutless, <laughs> gutless wonder. All right, quick uh, hits, Tim. Who are they brought to you by? Guess who? DoorDash, Ding Dong. DoorDash, Bing Bong, Delivery, Ding Dong. Nation 25, all caps, 25, Nation 25. all caps. What if I do one lowercase? Not going to work. Whoa, whoa. It won't work. The quick hits, a couple here. Um, the Habs, the Montreal Canadiens, signed a three-year contract extension with goaltender Samuel Montembleau. Three years, $3.15 million. Kind of an underrated, maybe, goaltender. Uh, I don't know. It's, good, it's a good move there for them. Well, it Looking does so stay on this. Is it a yeah. good move for them? Because I don't really know much about Montembleau. But the Habs have been really searching for a goaltender. Ever since Carey Price went down, they've just been bouncing around goaltenders, rental goaltenders, veteran goaltenders. Nothing's really stuck. Is he the guy who who's, they can lean on going forward? Because he's not a guy who you think of and you think, this is a sexy goalie. This is a guy who I can ride to the Stanley Cup. He's a guy who I'm going to really lean on when times get tough. I'm going to play him 60 games. This is that. I don't know. He's 5-3, he's and three, Tim. He's not his his numbers don't scream superstar goaltender. He was a third rounder coming out of Florida. Well, he's not know. getting paid like a superstar goaltender. He's 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 probably a backup on a lot of teams. Is it three point one five a year or is it one a year? Three point one five a year. That's a starter number. No, it's not. Oh, starter. Okay, I think said star. No yeah. starter. Yeah. Like Probably. when you look at his numbers in his career, he's averaging over 3.4 goals against average and his sub nine save percentage. I don't know how the Canadians can wrap their head around this. I don't understand the signing whatsoever, but whatever. Maybe they see something I don't. 
I'm going to give him the benefit of a doubt. But it's just, a, it's a strange signing at this point in the season, too. I, I don't understand it. But I don't know, moving on, Tim. Sorry to dump all over your quick hits. I, I no, just no. shake my head at this. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I really don't get it. We'll do some reading over the weekend. We can come back and you can, uh, it'll make sense. I'm not going to read Next anything on here. <laughs> quick hits. Uh, the quick hit by Garnet Hathaway on Luke Hughes. Did you see this play? Was uh, it? Was it dirty? He buries him. He absolutely demolishes him. You're a yeah. Hughes lover. Well, I want to know your take on it because you probably think Garnet Garrett Hathaway should be just killed. I think executed. No, and I Luke Hughes and I we don't have a relationship yet. But um, Hathaway, it was a predatory hit. Like, he knew exactly that he was blowing him up. He knew where the boards were. And, and you could see Hughes go down and grab his shoulder right away. I thought it was broken. I saw the play. I'm like, oh, something's broken. He's out. Came back later in the game and scored the game winner. No big deal. From an assist from his brother on a two-on-one. Um, the the conversation, though. So Hathaway gets a five and a misconduct. Um, not going to be supplementary, supplementary dif- discipline in terms of suspension or anything, but... The people are saying that the argument is that the refs didn't blow the whistle. They were late to blow the whistle on the icing or they waved it off. And so for that reason, it was a clean hit. And they're probably right technically, but I still think it was predatory. I think he knew that he could have really hurt him and leaned into it anyway. What do you, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I honestly think it's a fine hit. Like it, it, The icing yeah. makes it tricky. So usually as a player, you're taught to just ease up just a little bit when you're going for an icing. That's just the nature of the area, how dangerous it can be. We've seen many, many injuries, broken femurs, concussions, lots of bad stuff happening on the race for the puck. Uh, I like if you take that out of the equation, it's it's a perfectly legal hit. They're, they're shoulder and shoulder. He he finishes through Hughes, and Hughes is just smaller. Like that's all there is all about it. Like they're both racing for the puck. Hughes touches it, and he gets absolutely d- just devastated with the hit. He doesn't hit his head. He doesn't follow through with his elbow. He keeps his elbow tucked. It's just a man overpowering a boy. That's all it is. And Hughes was not ready for it. Yeah, so I guess it is predatory in that regard where Hughes isn't expecting it. He's just thinking it's an icing and go about my business. Oh, you got to be ready. <laughs> he got to be ready for that hit because he got absolutely buried. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. merit a five-minute penalty. I don't think so. Tortorella was losing his marbles on the bench, rightfully so. If anything, it's it's two, not a five. So the refs are so soft. Philly's tough. Like you, the Devils are not. They're not going to start anything. Like you get Delorius coming into the mix. You got Hathaway. Like those two two pretty tough cat kids. So it pays to have a little bit of a toughness. Tim does well. Speak, speaking of player safety, Brendan Smith is going to get a look. Um, he has a call today with player safety department for hearing for the slashing that he had on Konechny last night. Did you see this play? Yeah, I want to know your thoughts because I thought it was perfectly fine. Now, what did you think of of this? Because it was kind of egregious. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. And and Konechny initiates it. So Konechny's, yeah. you know, he cross checks him kind of behind, not very hard, but it's unsuspecting. And he for sure was the instigator there. But um, Brendan Smith doesn't even look. He just turns and two hands him pretty high, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a suspension for a game or two for that. It's reminiscent. And I know it's it's a little different, but of uh, Marty McSorley, Donald Bashir type of slash. I know Marty McSorley chased down Donald Bashir. Same baseball. Brendan Smith, if it's like a foot higher, he gets him right in the back of the head. 
Like it, it was very close to, to getting up towards his head, but because it didn't one game, maybe. Yeah. Maybe one or two. I, I don't think it gets any more higher than that because there was no damage. Connection he's a rat. Got him on my fantasy team. But he's a he's a dirtbag. I think I do. I'm not sure if you I do. Have no idea. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, but um yeah, one or two one, games. The next one here, Connor Bedard led all rookies with six goals and twelve points in November. He is named the NHL's rookie of the month in November. Probably a few more of those coming up this year. He's a good good player. Um, yeah. You better get ready for a lot of defensive pressure. There's no one else on that roster. They're gone. Everybody's going to be focusing on him. If I was a coach, I would just have someone shadow him. That would be it. And I'd win the game. How many right. guys can keep up with him, though? Every single person in the league? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, Not 100%. You don't think everyone, everyone in the league can keep up with Connor Medard? A thousand percent. If, you, if, you, if you're a hockey player in the NHL and your coach says... You shadow Connor Bedard. That's all you have to do. Everyone would be able to do it. Everyone. What about Connor McDavid? Can he shadow Connor Bedard? No, can anyone shadow Connor McDavid? Well, no, because he's fast. Bedard's not fast. Huh? And then even McDavid, I would have to say 99.9% of the players could shadow him and just shut him down. You give, It's like you're playing a fast wide receiver. You just give him a buffer. Then why don't they? Why does he have a million points every year? Because shadowing someone is kind of cowardly, and it's very hard to do, because then you have to just match lines, and you have to jump out. And so they did it to my best player in college, Chris Connor. Whenever okay. we would go play the home team, whatever. I'm not. It's hard to do. Yeah, you are. Because you Anyone have to match lines. Why does everyone do it? Well, it's hard. And this is, this, is how we, this is how we thwarted it, and this is why it doesn't work. We knew they were shadowing our best player. He went and stood beside another one of their players. So essentially, they were shadowing Chris Connor, and then we told Chris Connor to go and shadow somebody else. And so there was two guys on him always. And then so we ended up with a four on three. So that's essentially how they why they stopped doing it. But in yeah, that's a college hockey thing for sure. It is. Well, he was by far our best player. He played in the show for a while. Good little guy. Short but strong. Strong. All right. What did he make the All Star team? No, he did in the AHL. He he played a lot in the NHL. He's a good player. I only made the All Star game because I was uh, ridiculous. <laughs> right, Anthony yeah. Duclair? You jerk. All right, Tim. Pump up your books here. We got to sell these books, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Most of the listeners know that I wrote a book, published it earlier this year. A lot of you have bought it. Thank you. I'm doing a holiday sale. It's just $10 shipped anywhere in the U.S. $10 shipped. And I'll ship internationally, too. See the link in our bio. It's on uh, Dropping the Gloves links. Um, so $10 shipped anywhere in the U.S., in, in Canada or anywhere else. It'll be super cheap, too. Just shoot me a link or shoot me a message, and I'll get it over to you. International, you. Tim, you're losing all your profit. No, I've shipped books all over the world now. Worldwide. Thailand, UK, Germany. Yeah. If you could go one place, where would you want to go? Probably Germany. Vacation? Yeah. You've asked me before and you made the same joke last time too. I'm just, Um, it's not a joke. I'm just, I honestly think you'd probably go there. I've been there. I would go to Ireland. (laughs) You were there in the 40s probably? Wasn't funny last time, not funny now. This one is funny. (laughs) 
if you don't know the joke, you have to go back and listen to the first 500 episodes. The early episodes, <laughs> we leaned into it quite a bit. Then Tim first, told me to stop. Fifty, yeah, yeah, it was very Maybe popular. I. I insinuated Tim was a part of the Nazi regime. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't care for that joke. It didn't go over well for our Jewish listeners as well. Too soon. <laughs> You're doing it again. <laughs> We're gonna hear from them. <laughs> it's all in good fun, everybody. Well, hey, have a good weekend. Is there anything else, Tim? Sorry. No, no, that's it. Uh, trying to get some interviews lined up for next week. That would be nice. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. I'm going to Chicago doing a couple games Saturday, Sunday. Very exciting. They play the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. So it should be two hard-fought games. I'll let you know how it is post-Corey Perry, how uncomfortable it is. I know when I get there, we're going to be like, don't, don't, don't say his name. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, have you seen Austin Powers with the mole? Mole, 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 mole. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, Corey Perry, 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 where is he? <laughs> it's nice going to be mole. bad. Meet you. Nice to meet yeah. you, mole. Uh, yep. So check it out. NBC Sports Chicago. I'll be on. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. Talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.